This is the Captain's Jug of Thoughts podcast. A production of Thermopolis Media. Oh my god. Sean Thermos find us and I did it. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. So we're back. What you're hearing is not a test. Oh. The captain's jug of thoughts is back. It is. Uh-huh. And uh what has it been about an eight month hiatus? Nine? Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. I think it was like Christmas. Well, we've been doing the show the whole time. I just forgot to hit record. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we I just realized this week. Come back with just like, so that's how I gave Betty White the clap. Yeah. <laughs> Did you miss the first part? <laughs> but we're chilling up in the uh, the glass studio of Thermopolis Media. As you can hear, the cicadas are fucking going batshit crazy. They are going batshit crazy. We got a jug legend here. We do. Our pal, Magic Mike McDonough. That's right. Cheapers. <laughs> you don't like that nickname? Magic Mike is you want these? Oh, uh, that's fine. I'll, I'll answer to just about anything. Girls love Magic Mike, dude. They do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess there's a lot to fucking catch up, man. What's been going on at the jug? Well, we've been using, well, as you well know, the last couple weekends, yeah. um, you've been involved. Uh, we've been doing crazy music all fucking summer since May. Uh, I think we've done, well, we've been averaging about three to four shows a week since yeah. May. That's great. So, and the ones I've been involved in have been fucking great dude that roy g bev no vacancy show was fucking off the hook i that was incredible i I missed that one unfortunately uh hopefully uh i'll be able to catch it with them well we're uh we're at the early stages or well middle stages i would say now of planning a festival right for october a fall fest yeah we're going to do a little Stone Jug Fall Fest that's going to include uh, both those bands. Um, Everybody, yeah, anyone we can get. Along with a few others. Yeah. it's. Uh, I definitely took a, after, you know, we did a huge, I mean, I told everybody. There's recordings of me saying it. I'm going to plow through the end of this year. I played like five shows in a week with a bruised rib in December. And then I was like, I'm going to disappear for six months. Yep. And then when you do it, everyone's like, what the fuck? Where'd you go? I was like, I've been warning everybody. <laughs> gonna, <laughs> There's recordings. Go. There's recordings of me saying, I'm getting on a plane. I'm going to England. And you're not going to hear from me for a little bit. Yeah. Which is precisely what I did. And it was lovely. But we'll get to that. Well, unlike Morrison, at least you came back. Yeah, <laughs> but that's always the dream is like go to Paris and just get fat and collect royalties from the <laughs> you know I, mean? it's awesome. I don't know if we've gotten that far yet though. I know, right? <laughs> that's what I've been saying is I was like, What's the musical dream? I'm like, for some reason Taylor Swift wants to cover one of my songs and yeah. I just sit on my ass and get a track every month and <laughs> just still play at the jog with my friends. Right, right. <laughs> but now like we have like killer sound system and light shows and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be phenomenal. That would be phenomenal. Well, I, I gotta say, as a longtime friend of the jug, and uh, as long as I've known Sean, he's been my friend, and I'll speak highly about him right now, but not because he's my friend, but because he's one of the most talented musicians I've ever met in my life. And I've been around quite a few. I've worked in the stagehands union. Yeah, you've got and some I've stories. Been exposed, and I've been exposed to a lot of professionals, and and uh, Sean is right up there with the best of them. Did they expose themselves to you? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, <laughs> dude, this is this would get this show to be a fucking rocket ship, man. Front page everywhere, right? I can't <laughs> say that it's ever happened, Sean. Oh, God no. damn it. Oh. Not even close, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Shit. All those stories of bullshit that they told. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess they wouldn't be showing it to you. Maybe yeah. like Liberace or something. But uh, yeah, you worked stage. Where did you work stagehand at? Well, I worked shows all over the place for the Niagara Falls local. But my main gig was at Art Park and uh, uh, quite a bit at Shays in Buffalo and a couple of shows at the uh, arena in Buffalo. Wow, man. Those and, are big, yeah. Yeah. And uh, a couple of shows out at uh, Darien Lake. Drop oh. some names. What are some names? Oh, gosh. Uh, the biggest one was at our park was when they had the biggest crowd ever was uh, ZZ Top. Yeah. yeah. 
that it, was uh that was a banger that was the tipping point where they started charging it, 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 yeah, t- it, was. it took me an hour literally to get from outside to backstage wow through the yeah. people it was just so packed you know and i had to squeeze my way through the whole place and it, it literally took me an hour wow i didn't live here at the time which right now we were around the corner from our park so I was like, this is fucking on the team. You know, young kid. I'm like, you rock and roll. Like, the whole town's like a giant festival. If that happened when I lived here, I'd be writing a letter. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, well, how many years ago was that? A long time ago, man. I know. Those well, Frampton well, shows, those easy top shows, it was big. And then that's when they stopped being free, which is cool. But then you get shows there where you're watching legends, like... Straight up fucking legends play to, like, half-empty art parks. And I, don't I know. know. If they, it's very strange. Oh, yeah. I went to a paid show inside Art Park. After working the in and out, I had a, a ticket right in the front row. I could reach up and touch the, the stage for a yes. And yeah. it was just oh, an yeah. incredible, incredible, incredible show. I remember the uh, security guard was sitting at the end of the aisle against the stage. So he was right almost directly in front of me because I was on a corner seat. And between one of the songs, I asked him, I said, hey, if I lit a cigarette, would you uh, have to throw me out? He says, if I saw you, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to throw you out. So what does he do when the next song, start, song starts? And he moves <coughs> his, his chair three rows up the aisle, so I'm behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it was great. Uh, that's cool. And I lit up a joint and shared it with the people around me, and we had a great time. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun a fun thing about the whole legalization is now being able to smoke at shows just like normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Well, it wasn't legal then, but it, it, might, as well, <laughs> it might as well have been. There's the times where it's, you know, safety in numbers. Oh, we were smoking <laughs> pot at these shows for fucking 40 years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Trey Pardon at Chase. We went to see Trey at Chase oh. when he was on solo tour. I mean, dude. I don't even think they used the fog machines. That I don't think they had to. The whole place was just gassed out. Right. And it's so funny. Yeah, Shays was wonderful. Yeah. We went to Klein Hands the other night to see Louis C.K. Oh, that's right. And that's the first time I've ever been there. It's a super cool theater. Three times. I've never been there. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It's classy. Very old school. Like, very old. I don't know when they built it, but very that Art Deco style. Yeah, I like that. But it is funny that the only time I go to, like, classy theaters is to see, like... The grossest, Dirty like he's yeah, comedians. dude. He was reading Bible verses. His new hour so fucking good. He literally took the Bible out and was like reading Bible verses and breaking it down. It was so funny. And he had this dude from Norway open up for him. I can't remember his name, but he's from Norway and he moved to New York and he was just killing it. Yeah, he was so funny and just with the accent and the delivery, it was so funny. Three, three times I saw Frank Zappa at Shays before he died. God and damn, probably wow. one of the best shows I ever saw in my life. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, because he was like top-notch. Every musician in his band was like, you know, well, the, orchestra-level talented. Yeah, the, the first hour and a half, all right. And it, it was a full liquor bar throughout the whole, from start to end. And the first hour and a half... They played all the commercial stuff, you know, watch out for the yellow snow or right. all, all, the, all the commercial stuff. And then they had a 45-minute a uh, 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 break. They came back and they played the next hour and a half. They played what they called the circus. And it was 99% orchestration and and uh, without vocals and just the most incredible jazz rock fusion you ever heard in your life it was just amazing yeah man that's fucking I, cool i've seen zappa play zappa a couple times which i know doesn't fucking compare that's what anytime you talk to one i saw that it was good it was good when they did the thing where they brought him they had a video of frank on the screen playing doing a guitar solo and the band on stage was playing the music so it's sort of like he was playing with them, you know what right. I mean? McCartney just did the same thing with John Lennon at Glastonbury, like a video. They're doing I Got a Feeling. Yeah. And then a video comes up of John Lennon going, everybody had a good year, everybody had a hard time, and he's playing with the band together. So it's wow. very, it was really cool. I've seen Zappa play Zappa do the same thing. But anytime I talk to, like, you know, Torch is a good example, Old Timers, My Dad, anytime, you yeah. know, you bring up a thing, they're just like, yeah, we saw Yes... 
and uh, the original lineup of Genesis and Aerosmith uh, all play together for seven fifty a Saw ticket. <laughs> you're like, you're yeah, like, right, yeah, yeah, it was incredible. The tickets were so cheap. Yeah, I understand I, the inflation uh, and everything, but goddamn. This Sunday we have a um, uh, a, a, a band called Rust. It's a Neil Young cover band, yeah. and it reminds me of my my dad's good buddy Scott told me about this one time. They went to the old rock pile in like the seventies to see Neil Young, and he's forty five minutes late, and they just keep coming on and saying Neil is you know he's gonna be here any second. He uh, got held up in traffic and blah 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 all this shit. So he finally comes on stage like almost an hour and a half late. And he sits on a stool, just like a normal, no back stool with an acoustic guitar. He starts playing something. All of a sudden, he just fucking goes straight backwards. Boom. <laughs> Falls on his back. The curtains fucking close. <laughs> Due to an illness, Neil yeah. Young will not be able to perform this evening. So he had to reschedule it for like a month later. Due to what his but, uh, doctors call four day benderitis. Yeah. Those were in his, uh, I think those were in the big heroin days. Yeah. The needle and the damage done. Yes. So, um, yeah, but uh, I always I always think about that story when when I think about like guys older than us telling these stories. First yeah. album I ever owned was Harvest. Yeah, by yeah. Neil Young. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, My parents bought it for me in a cassette tape with a little cassette player for Christmas. <laughs> Watkins Glen. Mm-hmm. The Watkins Glen that was with Allman Brothers, the Dead, and the band. Yep. And some maybe. I think those three were the three main ones, and maybe a couple other, like my uncles and shit were there, and that's like... That's awesome. The the fucking attendance record, like I think... I don't know, like we've talked about it before, Woodstock gets all this praise. Yeah. I don't know, maybe it's just whatever, even though you look at it and you're like, damn, dude, that whole... Like, Jimi Hendrix didn't go on until 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Yeah. And he played to like a third of the crowd because everybody had left. Right. It's like everybody... The Grateful Dead were being electrocuted. Yeah. Everything was a fucking disaster. Total disaster. <laughs> that one gets its, uh, a lot of buzz. And whoever threw Watkins Glen is probably like, hey, ours went really well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, that was our documentary. Yeah. Uh, it just something magical. Woodstock was just a... I don't know. Well, it was one, one and only of a kind. Yeah. You know? And it was you know, an accident, really. Yeah. It just people kept coming. My it was uncle, My uncle tried to take us, three of my brothers and my cousin out to uh for that show but my father wouldn't let us go yeah he said he was going to take us camping yeah and he had this old chevy 30 chevy step band with a a guy painted on the back with his leg extended like to keep on trucking thing you know yeah yeah, yeah. and it said keep on trucking underneath it and he was he was a hippie from the old days <laughs> steve mcdonough i watched uh a david crosby documentary which is pretty interesting. That guy has definitely burned a lot of bridges. Interesting life. Very fucking talented, but really... I, I, I enjoy that he speaks his mind and says shit. Yeah. But it's like, that. there's that whole thing with that generation where they were like, with their youth movement and the peace, love, and rock and roll, and don't cut your hair. And then as soon as punk rock and hip-hop came along, they're like, this isn't music. Yeah. They're like... Yeah, they're doing your thing. They're doing what but you do. But now did. you're the old guy now, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah exactly. now it's different. Now you're the dad who's like, yeah. oh, I just, I just, well, this isn't music. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's funny to watch no matter who it is, you know what I oh, mean? Oh, I know. It just it keeps on going. Yeah. Vicious circle. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep an open mind. I hear some some new stuff that I dig. Like, uh, the last Foe show, we threw in that Action Bronson song, which I'm like, yeah, man, the fucking kids will love this shit. And then I looked at it like, that song came out in, like, 2015. <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, my new, it's my new cut. How, how about Ozzy Osbourne after all these years? That was my first the, concert. The original, the original Black Sabbath, that was a crazy. Boy, the controversy when the, the, it's four the, o'clock. their first album came out. Here's what I want to do. Speaking of classic rock, and we can hear the bells. I want to time it. I'm going to have to do it at noon. Come out here with a guitar amp. Because they tell you what time it is with the thing. Listen to the bells. And I want to do the ACDC. Oh, yeah. But I have to do it at noon when...
and it goes 12 times. Exactly. And they're like, fuck it up. I have to wait till the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so I really got to practice. Yeah, you got you to gotta be ready. To get 14 likes on Instagram. <laughs> like, one of my friends would be like, yeah, that's dope. But I've always wanted to do that. But, uh, sorry, what were we saying? Neil Young? Something about Neil Young? No. Ozzy. Oh, Ozzy. Yes, that was my first concert. It was Ozzy, Rob Zombie, at the arena, because my a friend of mine's dad worked there so we got like box seats and we were like kids little yeah. kids i know i've told this story but like way too young for that type of shit and it was like but i loved black sabbath was like in a skate video so i you know got into them and uh that's pretty badass for a show for a little kid yeah but yeah. um it was when Rob Zombie was first uh, House of a Thousand Corpses was about to come out. Okay. And he's like, we got this movie coming out. We're going to show you some clips from the movie. And we were like, ugh. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was like the graphic. Like, I think I became a man that day. Yeah. And Ozzy had the big signs on the screen that said, show me your tits and everything. Right. But, you know, the mama I'm coming home with the fucking confetti and everything. Like, yeah. That was I great. Remember, I remember when mama I'm coming home came out. I thought that was going to be the end. And, uh. That was in uh, 91? Yeah. Probably. Really? Was it that late? Yeah. Was, yeah, because yeah, I was in high school. Yeah. 90 or 91. And I was like, like I was like, wow, I can't believe he fucking came out with another album. It's, this has got to be the end. And right. Here we are, and he's still fucking, he's still well, around. The Osborne show was huge. I know. That, like, reinvigorated the whole thing. Yeah. And then, like, the whole thing... That was, like, one of the first reality show, you know, that was way before Kardashians or anything. That show was great. Because you're just watching Ozzy, the Prince of Darkness, trying to figure out how to get the fucking cable to work. And he's like, Sharon! Yeah. This fucking thing! And you can't understand what he's saying. So that, like, reinvigorated. He became, like, the biggest rock star ever for another generation. I know. And then later... Uh, when Sabbath got back together and Rick yep. Rubin produced that album. What's that oh, album yeah. called? I can't remember. Wasn't it called like 13 or something? I can't remember. Rick Rubin put or put out an album and he, with, he produced a Black Sabbath album. Yeah. And it's fucking great. Yeah. And it's it's just a classic Black Sabbath fucking... <laughs> it's fucking awesome. This new song, Patient Number 9. Like, who is it? Jeff Buck that he's got doing the guitar on it? He's got some famous guitarist that's doing. Uh, it was who Ozzy the, does. Uh, yeah, uh, gosh, who was it? I, I want to say Jeff Beck. Maybe Jeff Beck's still playing a lot. He's playing yeah. with Johnny Depp. He's playing with Johnny Depp. Yeah, they have this. The Hollywood Vampires is like oh, this yeah. band that, like, the Hollywood Vampires was a drinking club in the seventies. Right. Yeah, exactly. With, like Lennon and uh, who was it? Lennon, maybe Alice Cooper, Harry Nielsen, Mickey Dolenz. Keith Moon. Yep. They would just go around LA getting bombed. Right. And then it kind of kept the tradition going. And now it's a band with like Johnny Depp and Alice Cooper. I think Joe Perry. Wow. Who, who now has like a kung fu mustache. Does he? Yeah. Nice. Maybe not anymore, but recently I've seen him. Okay. Yeah. okay, that brings me back. Tell us more about your trip to England. I didn't know you went to England. Yeah. Well, they fucking really timed it out pretty well. As I mean, if you've been listening to the show before this hiatus, the whole British rock thing of something hit me that I finally realized uh, all of this great shit we're talking about came from an island the size of fucking Idaho. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Beatles, Stones, Ozzy, The Who, yep. Zeppelin. I mean, it goes on and on and it on. It goes on and on, yeah. And then even in the 90s, there was another... Well, the 80s, the fucking... The Smiths, Joy yep. Division, Man, you know, the whole Manchester thing, Stone Roses. How about then, Genesis and Pink Floyd? Dude, Pink Floyd, yeah. Incre- yeah. Incredible. It doesn't end. Incredible it doesn't end. Right. And you're just like, what's going on over there? Yeah. Like, where is this... You know, so I kind of got really into the English shit, and then... Uh, you know, it lead that... And a good documentary will hook me on anything. That Oasis documentary hooked me on their shit because you're hearing good. you're hearing songs that we never got. We just got Wonderwall, right? They didn't ship the B sides over here, yeah. So you got to go digging for them, and then you find the real stuff, which is really good. And, uh, and then you get in the Stone Roses and Happy Mondays and all the fucking great other you know the Verve is phenomenal. So we uh, <coughs> they put out a Nebworth documentary. That well, it was like the live concert film in theaters. Ate some mushrooms, went to see that, 
It's fucking the best way to see a concert is in a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you just, dude, it was loud. You felt like you were there. Yeah. Sitting in yeah. a comfy seat. And it was like such a niche audience. There wasn't like a bunch of rando kids running around the theater. Right. It's made for sound, too. It's, it's, yeah. You get a perfect dude, sound. Dude, it was yeah. fucking awesome. And then they timed it perfectly because right after that was out for a couple weeks, they announced that Liam Gallagher was going to do Nebworth by himself. And they were like, ah, we got to go. Because yeah. you just saw this movie where you're like, man, I'd love to go to that. They're like, well, you're in luck. Yeah. So he You did, can go. Yeah, <laughs> you can. So he got up at 5 in the morning, because that's 10 a.m. British time, mm-hmm. and got the fucking tickets. And, I mean, I've explained all this shit. And that we've been wanting to go to London for a long time. Obviously, international travel's gotten a bit of a fucking hiccup or two the past couple years. Yep. Um, but this was a good excuse to go. So it was, it was fucking great, man. It was fucking lovely. <laughs> and it was the Queen's Jubilee, so there was all a bunch of... The city was a buzz. And, uh, I mean, there's a million stories I'm sure I'll get to. One, The funniest shit is Abbey Road. Yeah. Because, obviously, there's the famous crosswalk. Of course. With the Beatles, Abbey Road. You gotta go. And uh, it wasn't that far out of where we were staying. We were right by Hyde Park. And it's a, it's a busy fucking street. And it's there's just a yellow flashing light, like in Youngstown. Like I was yeah. just a yellow. There's not a red light. There's not a stoplight. It's a yellow flashing light on a pretty busy road, and there's nothing but tourists lined up for miles to get their Abbey Road picture. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm gonna try to explain to us. It's kind of a visual thing, but they line up and they wait for like a little space in traffic. And they start scooting across real quick, and they're like, and terrified of getting hit by a car. And then in the middle of that, they freeze and do the Abbey Road pose. Of course, <laughs> they do the pose, and then as soon as the picture gets hit, they run away and literally are inches away from getting hit by like a moped, yeah, <laughs> like a right. little car, just you know. And we sat there just watching all these tourists like, like running for their lives. And then in the middle of it, they would just freeze, do the little stance, and then keep running again. Yeah. And I'm like, if you didn't know what Abbey Road or the Beatles was, you could be sitting there watching this going, what is that? What, what the, the fuck, fuck is, is going, going on? on? <laughs> what is this weird religious ritual these people are doing? Yeah, yeah. Where it's like they're running in the middle of traffic and then just pausing in the little stance. And then they just keep running. It's yep. very, very hilarious looking. We right. sat on a bench and just had a cup of tea and watched that for a while. You, very funny. You think about it, that's quite amazing. In today's age, this many years after that album came out, that there's still that big an interest in, yeah. Oh, yeah. in that, you know? And how they Huge. could make... I mean, I don't really know the story behind the out the idea for the album sleeve, you know? I mean, it's right there. The studio is right there. It's cool to see the entrance of the studio and everything. Yeah. And then there's a little, uh, there's a gift shop, and when you walk down, there's a timeline with all this cool shit that's happened there, besides the Beatles. There's so much, you know, Floyd and all that, you know. Yeah. Oasis getting, not kicked out, but deciding to leave because they were too loud. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> fucking, it's so much amazing stuff has been, you know, it's legendary. It's hollowed ground, dude. All of London is like hollowed ground for rock and roll. Right. We went to the place where Jimi Hendrix died, which is just someone's house, which is cool. Yeah. We went to Supernova Heights, which was Noel Gallagher's house, which was like the 90s party, like, you know, fucking central. Like, that's where the never-ending parties of the British, because it was this culmination of the Britpop and the supermodels. That's another thing, is London is the model, I guess, fashion capital of Paris and London. Yeah. Dude, there was an obnoxious amount of incredible jumped out of the magazine looking chicks really? running around to the point where I would look at Lee I'd be like what the fuck is going on yeah is it like just walk because they go take their picture in front of the bridge and everything they're mm-hmm. all done up and it was wowzers right and I'm a sucker for the accent too yeah sure yeah the one <laughs> the girl who checked us into the tents at Nebworth was so adorable and she was just a cute girl and she's like oh, I'll give you a wristband I'll give you one for your girlfriend I'm like oh my god do you want one? Do you, do you want? I'll buy you a ticket too. Quit, quit, quit right now and just come to the show with us. You're adorable. Just tell, just read me a story. You're so cute. Right. But yeah, man, it's it was a really fucking cool trip. And then Nebworth shows. I've never been to any musical thing like that. That was incredible. Eighty thousand person sing along to every single word, every song. 
Wow. It was it was it was some shit. That's I've, pretty cool. I've been to a lot of shit and that was some shit. Sean, how right. long was your trip there? A little over a week, probably about ten days, something, yeah. you know. And we didn't we got well you know, we had to take the COVID test to come back. Uh huh. And into America. That's not them, that's America. Did you plan your own agenda or, or did yeah. you have a She's Lee's a genius with that shit, so she figured it all out. Good and we you. kept getting emails about, like, it's the Queen's Jubilee, the trains are going to be fucked, you know, plan accordingly, you're not going to be able to do this or that. Really didn't have a problem. No. Maybe because we were going out of London while everybody else was coming in, you right. know, we were going up to the country to go to Nebworth, so, I don't know. Hmm. It was quite the fucking trip, though, man. And there's, I mean, I could tell a million stories, but we'll, we'll get into it more. I kind of want to give them all away now. Right. Hot bitches everywhere. God yeah, damn it. and you know the funny part is you probably didn't see half of what you wanted to. No, nah, I'm saying I'm like I probably walk past an apartment building where it's like that's where you know Eric Clapton first jammed with fucking you know you know probably, yeah. yeah like you know, Eric Burden wrote fucking spill the wine in that apartment like you know like there's probably so much that I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but what was happening while I was gone? What else? Was... Um, I hung up on Eddie Vedder. Oh yeah, that's a story that we wanted to get to. Yeah. So we're pretty sure you, we, you. This is a pretty sure. Just tell the whole story, and we'll get a. So I'm bartending a, a few weeks ago or a month ago now, and um, I'm closing the bar. It's like one in the morning, one thirty in the morning, and the phone rings, and it says unknown number, and it just has this long number on it that I've never seen before. Stone Jug, this Chris, can I help you? Uh, yeah, when, how long are you guys going to be open? And I was like, I'm just getting ready to close now. Well, will you keep it open for Eddie Vedder? And I go, for Eddie Vedder? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sure. He goes, no, I'm serious. And I go, no, dude. And he goes, you won't keep the fucking bar open for Eddie Vedder? And I was like, no. And then I hear in the background, fucking this guy fucking say, like, he seriously won't keep the fucking bar open for me? <laughs> and I'm like, and I start laughing. I'm like, all right. And I just hang up, right? So then uh, I look up the number, and it's Seattle, Washington. And I'm like, whoa. Uh-oh. <laughs> and the guy in the background sounded like Eddie. Like, he totally sounded like he could have been Eddie Vedder. Uh, drunken Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Because we all know Eddie Vedder likes to have a glass of wine right. or, or a bottle. Right. So then this guy comes into the bar last week, and uh, he goes, he has a couple beers, and then he goes, you're Chris? And I go, yeah. And he goes, so you run this joint? I go, yeah. <clears throat> he goes, I got a story for you. And I'm like, all right. And he starts telling me the story about these two tinted window, huge black SUVs out in front of the wagon wheel in on Niagara Falls Boulevard wagon wheel. a couple weeks beforehand. Jesus. And how the, the, um, the guys, the... A couple big guys got out of the SUVs and, like, started getting into it with the people from the wagon wheel. Saying, like, fuck off, just fucking close the blinds, Eddie Vedder's gonna come in here, and we're gonna fucking hang out and drink. And they're like, yeah, fuck you, fuck you. And then Eddie Vedder yelling out the window, fuck this fucking place. And the wagon wheel? Yeah. And then he goes, fuck the wagon wheel and fuck the stone jug. Jesus. Yeah. I'm trying to look up tour dates to figure out like where they were around that time, and their so, website's kind of being pain in the ass. So I go, so I go to this guy. I'm like, how do how do you know this story? <laughs> because they had told me actually that they were leaving the wagon wheel to come to the jug. Yeah. So I was like, how do you know this story? He goes, I was there. And I go, you wow. were where? And he goes, I was at the fucking wagon wheel. We we're trying to get something to eat. He's like, it was like one in the morning, and there was nowhere to eat. Like Denny's and everywhere was closed for whatever reason this night. And I'm like. Okay, I'm like, so that happened? He's like, yeah. And I was like, you saw this? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because they fucking called here, and I have not told anyone this story yet. Yeah, so this guy knows this story. <laughs> like, I hadn't told one person. Yeah. So I was like, this is really fucking weird. And he goes, they did call here? He goes, because he yelled out the window, fuck the stone jug. Jesus. And I was like, what the fuck? 
I'm like, did I really hang up on that better? <laughs> dude, in a million fucking years. Especially with all of our fucking friends. I know. <laughs> exactly. Know and, I mean? and especially do, doing what we do. Yeah. Like, we've got a podcast. We both do all kinds of music shit. Yeah, like fuck with each other, yeah. Yes. Like, I'm like, there's no fucking way it's Eddie Vedder. <laughs> no, it's one of my dickhead friends trying to keep the bar open. Right. And, and trying to do an Eddie Vedder impression. Right. Who's uh, Chris Captain? Can you get your bar open? Yeah. Right. Bring the house lights up. Introduce Chris to Captain Harden. Yeah. Sean, you know my stepbrother, Frank Thompson, that runs the open mic sometimes for Dave? Mm, down um, at the jug. I'm probably with him. Curly blonde headed guy that got a little band. Possibly. Anyway, he's about my age. But, anyways, he runs an open mic at the Wagon Wheel. And uh, I, I lived in that neighborhood enough to acquaintance the place once in a while. That's one of the biggest dumps I've ever. I ever saw it's a life. tiny little right. place yeah. oddly i mean this is one of those like i always say like you never know type of thing we went in shout out to chuck DeRose from high horse who's always been the coolest fucking guy in the world they were running an open mic you know 10 15 a long time ago mechanico was playing yeah and we went in there and played and someone took a video and that video got us a bunch of gigs. Yeah. Just on, we just some random night after practice. We're like, yeah, we'll go hit up this open mic, and this right. dude likes us, so we'll do it. And it's like, I think I you might never have know, saw Mechanico you know? there. I think I might have saw Mechanico You never there. know, man. No, because I, I remember you, you. I was one of your biggest fans back then. Yeah. I don't know if we... I think that's the only time we ever played there was just we'd play like three songs on an open mic on all of their equipment. I, I still got your signed original poster from the jug. Wow, that's <laughs> worth. Uh, what, so like, a, what is it? Nine by twelve sheet of paper. Yeah. A plumeniograph machine that you guys all signed for me. I still got it rolled up and at home, mechanical. Yeah, that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what that would be worth these days. Uh-uh. Well, uh, mechanical was mechanical was good because it wasn't really all covers. No, no, we did a ton of originals. Yep. And right. even the covers we did are original, which every band I've ever been in has been like that. Yeah. I mean, I just put my own thing on it. It's right. to be unique, you know? You want to sound like yourself. Right. Exactly. But right. also do, like, I enjoy doing covers because it's like everybody's celebrating this song, well, you know, we all know. And you do covers well because, you, you, like you say, you give it your own flavor. Yeah, exactly. And I forget most of the lyrics. <laughs> well, that's all right. It's it's The skill is in your musicianship you're you're it's as 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 soon as you and especially with the looping and everything how you're putting it together piece by piece it's always interesting to hear what layer goes down that makes people realize what you're playing yeah because you start the drums you start a little guitar riff and you put a bass line down you're looking around you're going not yet really nothing nobody knows that. and then you just put one little and then all of a sudden people realize it's that gorilla song and they start fucking going nuts yeah. yeah So, yeah, covers are cool if you, you know, you do your own thing with them. Right. You show off how to do your shit, but, you know, Wagon Wheel, that one just random night spawned off into a bunch of good gigs for us. I, I'd like to, I'd like to hear... I just don't know how the fuck Eddie Vedder ended up there, of all places. I, I don't, you know, I was trying to think about it, too, and I was like, is it because those are two of the m- music venues that happened to, like, be open? They might have just looked it up, and it says live music, and, and it's, it's open. Live music yeah. and open, like, that's all I could think. Band, bands traveling between Toronto and Buffalo or Cleveland go through Niagara Falls because of the Rainbow Bridge, too, so yeah. we that. So they might have hit I remember, Toronto. I remember Loverboy, me and a bunch of guys... Back in the cell. Lover boy. Lover boy. What was their well, song? Back in the cell. I don't know. We hated them. I don't remember either. Uh, but but anyway, <laughs> they, 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 it was it was the middle of winter, and they came in a, this little bar on Buffalo Avenue that we used to hang around of the, the home of the Gophers. But anyways, there's about eight or ten of us in there, and they all come in, and now they start shooting their mouth off, and they're all decked out in their fancy clothes, you know, that they wear on stage and shit bragging about being lover boy well we ended up beating the shit out of all of them really yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sending them on their way that's funny home of the fellow groundhoggers that's what it was lover boy working for the weekend oh yeah everybody's working yeah. for the weekend Fuck oh down. lover boy slide that fucking window closed yeah we had no use for them. got a fucking mow their goddamn lawn I knew this was gonna happen at least it's not my guy I'd be like, yo, I'll pay you more to come back in an hour. <laughs> um, that's hilarious, man. You're getting in a fight with Loverboy? 
Yeah, in the middle of winter in the home of the fellow groundhoggers. Because that's fucking Western New York for you. Well, you know what the, I mean? You can't. No one gives a shit that you're lover boy. Fuck off. Well, right. I, and they, they're all decked out in their girly clothes, and you know we're all yeah. just a bunch of regular guys and working for the weekend, you dickheads. We work for life. <laughs> <laughs> we work. We actually work. You fucker. You guys get blowjobs for a living, right? Dude, that's. I mean, Eddie Vedder. Oh, we want to issue a public apology to Eddie Vedder. Yeah. Um, but that is hilarious. I know. Another one was uh, when we had McDonough's Irish Pub on Buffalo Avenue back in the day. Uh, probably could have left the Irish out of it. Well, there was... <laughs> <It's> McDonough's. <laughs> we probably could have. But, yeah. but any, anyways, uh, uh, who's the woman who sings, uh, oh, gosh, with the bald head? Sinead O'Connor? Sinead O'Connor came through there, and she stopped in the bar. Name another one. <laughs> she, she stopped in a bar and cranberries. She, she actually did a. Well, I'm sorry. Was she both? It was the cranberries. It wasn't Sinead O'Connor. Oh, God damn. <laughs> That's funny. The, the cranberries stopped. I wasn't there. Did but, she rip up a picture of the Pope? No. <laughs> but the Queen's a horror, though. She, she made sure we knew that. She I was made there. sure we knew that. I was, actually, I wasn't there, but my brother told me that they actually did a couple of songs. At McDonough's Irish Pub, you could get 40, 50 people in there comfortably. It wasn't like a big place, you know, mostly bar. Yeah, right? but that's cool when you have like rando, like, you know, big names who are just coming through and they just want to. But that's the thing. They were coming through from Canada into the States. Sure. There's some bar on Long Island. They talked about it on ONA where like the Stones were on tour and just late night they show a few of them showed up <clears throat> and just jammed at this bar in like 1983. Right. And if you go to the bar's website now, it's like home to a legendary performance by the Rolling Stones. Right, right. It's the only thing that's ever happened there. But that's pretty fucking cool. That's a pretty fucking cool thing to be. Yeah. To, that'd, that'd be nice to have the yeah. only thing that ever happened there be that. <laughs> well, I hopefully you know. Hopefully, you know the whole. There's some random confusion occasionally between the Stone House and the Stone Jug. Yes, we go Eddie Vedder. No, no, no. You meant the Stone House. Yeah, Stone Jug. You're welcome. Right. You know, anytime right. you want. Here's a bottle of wine. Fucking, you know. <laughs> I still I can't know. fucking believe it. I yeah, really. The the thing that sets it is that another guy who had nothing to do with it, nothing had, had the story. Who I didn't even know. Well, That's uh, where you're like, uh, you know. The funny thing too, the stone jug is kind of like at the end of the earth. Yeah. I know. You know. I know. The wagon wheels, even like, what the yeah, fuck's he doing weird. there? That's weird. No hate on the fucking wagon wheel, but damn, dude, like what? I know. And this guy, so after this, after this all happened, that guy probably stuck around for four or five more beers. And every time that he needed a beer, he just went, Eddie Vedder. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you need another one? And he's yeah. like, yep. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. And then he would just laugh. He's like, I can't believe you hung up on Eddie Vedder, man. <laughs> well, maybe, Who in a million years? But that's everybody's story. Maybe, Everybody has a story. Maybe. If you watch behind the music where they're like, oh, I got a call yeah. from fucking blah, 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 who said, hey, I think you're great. I want you to come open for me. And they thought it was their friend fucking with him. And right. they were like, I'll fuck off and hung up on him. Exactly. Maybe it has something to do with open mic. Like uh, open mic being online for both places or something. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that's where they got the reference to the two places. Right. He was just looking. But I think he's just, you know, he's a dude who's used to, you know, keeping places keeping a bar open sure. after hours and he'll I go bet. in there and spend some fucking money i bet get the nicest bottle of wine you got and just sit there and get fucking shit-faced right and uh could get away with that at your job but it's like dude you you gotta you know come on you gotta know like you gotta like facetime a guy yeah and be like no it's him you know yeah there's a, that's him right it's like how, how would you ever believe that why would I he know. ever be down here I wouldn't. <laughs> were they even, I don't even know if they were doing a show around here. I mean, they must have been in Toronto or something. I don't know. Because we have, do we have any, I don't really, I can't think of any, but Pearl Jam fans are like diehard, like, you know, deadheads of Pearl Jam or fucking yeah. Dave Matthews or like any of those, Springsteen, yep. like they have those guys who've seen 200 shows. Exactly. Do we know anybody who went to Toronto to see Pearl Jam? No. I don't, yeah, or have they been around? Not that I know of. 
the confirmation. That's, what threw, me, that's yeah. what throws me off the most. Like I'm like, I'm like, dude, they weren't doing shows here. Like, well, there's a lot else? of Toronto shows we don't hear about too. Yeah, you know, because well, unless you listen to Canadian radio, there's a lot of modern advertising in the U.S. And yeah. So, and a lot of shows that don't get advertised too much because they're already sold out. Yeah. Um, so the modern English tickets, the sales are going really well. Yeah, we got modern English coming. Yeah. And what's their hit song? I'll Stop the World and Melt I'll With You. I'll Stop the World and Melt With You, which was a G-Spot Puncher standard. Yeah, so, it, was. Uh, it was. It's sort of the same thing of when we played a Limp Bizkit song at Rapids and then Rapids booked Limp Bizkit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, sort of set the stage, didn't we? We, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, get your tickets now. They're on sale at the Jug, or you can go on um, uh, Spirit of the 80s website, and you can purchase them there. Uh, $25 pre-sale. Uh, $30 the day of the show. You got anybody warming up for them? Um, yeah, we've got a... Uh, I was going to say, get the G-Spot Punchers to play together. Uh, we actually have a ska band out of Buffalo opening for them. Um, <clears throat> let me just look it up here. September 8th, Speaking they're at the which. Scotiabank Arena, but that's, you know, that's hasn't happened yet. I'm still, jury's still out. The fact that there's a second guy who corroborates the story makes me think, uh, you know, or is it like an Elvis thing where there's an Eddie Vedder lookalike running around trying to fucking... Yeah, right? Uh, Here, you know what? While you're looking that up, yeah. let me take a piss real quick. Okay. Hey, hey how you doing? <laughs> okay, so who's opening for Modern English? Uh, Sky Band out of Buffalo called The Abruptors. Cool. So that should be pretty fun. Ska bands are always fun, man. They're always fun. I used to go see ska bands a lot back in the day. Real big so fish. Yeah. Big D and the kids table. Yep. So it should be a good night. It'll be a great night. Yeah. That's bringing like, you know, national, internationally known acts yeah. to to the jug. I know. Soundtrack of the 80s. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really is. Dude, <laughs> that's a big fucking deal, man. That's a huge step. It is. So that's really we're cool. really excited about it. I'm, uh... Yeah, I'm looking forward to the future. Do you ever try to call that number back? No. <laughs> Damn. Well, I know. They're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The job, the venue there has become such a massive improvement from yeah, the, the out, old days. The outdoor oh, yeah. venue feels like oh, they're playing a festival. And, yeah. and Mike Costello, God bless him, keeps adding to it and uh, making it better and better all the time. Absolutely. We, we put a new parking lot in. Yeah. And you it, can fit mad people out there without it being crowded. Yeah. I like mean, when we did the faux show, it seemed, I was like looking out. You know, there's lights, so it's hard to see. I was like, yeah, it looks a little sparse. But it was because there was like another festival going on in Jamestown. There was all this other shit going on. But we'd end a song, and the sound, the woos, were yeah. huge. Right. Because it was woo, woo. And you realize, like, oh, there's 10 people over there. There's a group of 12 over there. There's a table of 20 over there. Yeah, there's I know. just so much space out there to spread out. Like, there it's is. fucking great. It is. It's great. Um, yeah, we've we've got a great menu now, and uh, you know, bigger and better things to come. Yeah, man, massive steps. Yeah, massive steps forward. I mean, I you know, you want to look at the old pictures of us playing under the white pop up tent. Yeah, I know. Hitting the water out of the corner with the broomstick. Tent city. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know that's, what I mean? that's what it used to be called. Not anymore. I used to be so excited. You'd be like, dude, we got a tent. Oh, it's big enough. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. Uh, you know, there's a carpet, so we're not totally in the mud. It <laughs> wasn't that long ago either. No, it no, wasn't. man. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've grown quickly. Yeah. And any the foes uh, stuff, anything, I'm in the middle of a pretty crazy August right now, but I'm recording everything. So the foes SoundCloud will be getting hit with some pretty solid shows pretty soon. Sweet. Yeah, man. And uh, you guys just had the, uh, what was it, fourth annual Day of the Dead? Yes, fourth annual Day of the Dead. And that went really well. Um, we had two kick-ass bands, Not Quite Dead and Skeleton Crew. Uh, yeah. They played for um, about two and a half hours each. And that's just the, the kind of the Buffalo Dead, well, I don't want to say the Buffalo Dead All-Stars cat actually is a band, but it's a lot of the guys, like Buffalo has a big scene of yes. Grateful Dead players huge yeah and uh we took a couple members from a couple different bands and and put it together and then skeleton crew who's our um kind of our house dead band mm -hmm. uh 
it, it uh, finished up the show, and both of the bands were incredible. And uh, we had a good crowd, um, and uh, it was just a fun night. Yeah. Really fun. So, it's always good. And it should always be something different. Yeah. Remember, because uh, we did, like, the first few, and, like, we'll definitely do another one, but, like, almost, like, every year I want to come up with something different. Sure, of like course. Like, the one, what, what the, we were called Ship of Fools. Yep. We threw that together very last minute, did, like, yep. a practice and a half. That was, like, lightning in a bottle. Yeah. No no pun intended with the dead lightning thing. Right. But I'm like, God, that was a special thing. Yeah. I don't know if that would happen again. Yeah. You know, like, every year you want to do something new that feels exciting, flying by the seat of your pants in the tradition of the Grateful Dead. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You know I mean? um, yeah, so that's that's good. You get the traditional shows, the yearly annual shows. Maybe this fall fall fest thing will become you know a annual. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like it to become a thing because I think it could be. Yeah, I think it could be really pumpkin big. Pumpkin carving station. We could do that. It sounds like a lot of nice. Didn't someone make a jug pumpkin with the logo? I feel yeah. like I've seen that before. Mm, I don't know. Maybe good, Ari. It'd be difficult. Yeah. Well, what I like. Christopher, you've been extending your outdoor season as late as you can, which is which is wonderful because there's not a lot that happens after kids go back to school, but you still have shows. Yeah, you know, yeah, which is good. Yeah, I mean, what we the main thing now I think is providing some heat for the bands so that their fingers actually still work when they're when they're trying to play. As a thing, the instruments um, stay in tune. Because as a as a you know, person that kind of just runs around and watches the show, sometimes bartends the shows, depending on what I'm doing. Um, you can dress accordingly, and you're, you're going to stay yeah. warm enough. You're going to be fine. But if you're up there on stage, it's a little bit different. Like, you, you can't keep your hands warm because you can't wear gloves and play fucking guitar. <laughs> so no, I've tried it with, like, fingerless gloves, and it's still, like, is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the same. So keeping the stage warm is our next move. Yeah. Uh, it's something they've discussed with Mike. Not because I'm I have an array of awesome fucking jackets yeah. that I never get to wear because it's always <laughs> hot as shit. When we did the Griffin uh, a couple weeks ago, it was straight up like I I went in the mirror at set break and it looked like I just walked out of the river. It right. looked like I went on the jet boat with no parka thing. Like I sure. just was dripping. But I also am like, damn, dude, like I got so many fucking dope jackets that I want to wear on stage, but it's too hot, I'll pass out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I always, Julian Casablanca's from The Strokes coming out of Coachella in 90 degree heat in a leather jacket. You're yeah. like, that's fucking badass. Well, the but, show, I, the one that make, that sticks out to me that makes me think like we need to uh, do something about you guys' hands is the, is the December show for Stevie's birthday. Yeah. Like everyone was like, I couldn't even fucking feel my hands. Like, oh yeah, we were all layered up. I had like uh a fucking wool like zip up that I bought in Ireland, like mm-hmm. fucking strip the warmest thing I had yeah. on under me. So we all just looked like twenty pounds fatter. Yeah, <laughs> we're all just fucking puffed out like the oh, fucking that, kid that, from. That, that was pushing the weather. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've got a great, great wool. Uh, I've got a great wool jacket from yeah. Ireland as well. And those things are so fucking warm. But it's not even just, obviously, yeah, but the instruments as well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Your fucking guitar is going wacky out of tune, and, like, it's just, you know, you know, drums, a bongo, you hit a drum, and a... Yeah. It's like when the ambulance goes by and the pitch changes. Like, it's just that. Like, you you know what I mean? It's either you're breaking strings left and right because the tension and shit like that. Yep. Have a a humidity uh, temperature... Uh, what do they call it? Like when there's a storage unit, you know, temperature controlled. Yeah. Something like that. Right. But I think those, those cool metal fucking palm tree looking fucking heater things. Yeah. Uh, the, those are good. People huddle around those. They do. They do. It doesn't warm the stage though. Now, what I want to do, what I suggested, and then we'll see if it happens is, um, you know, those heaters that they, they come down from the ceiling and they blow the heat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Mike seemed semi on board, like, uh, I don't know that we'll do it this year, but um, we've already got gas run out there and everything. So, oh yeah, yeah. Like when we built that thing, we ran everything. We ran water, gas, electric, everything. I didn't know we ran gas. We ran everything. It's all underground. Um, we need some pyrotechnics. So, so um, it wouldn't be that difficult, really. Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of buying the stuff and hooking it up, really, and then tapping in. So. Yeah, strategically used heaters would would work. Yeah. Can you just get to extend the season? Yeah. You know what I mean? You fit way more motherfuckers outside than you do inside, obviously. I know. 
Yeah. Just under the pavilion alone, we can fit an extra 30 or 40 people than we can fit yeah. inside. And the first night that. we did, when Foe's first, like, <laughs> you know, the grand opening of the outside stage, we faced, like, the pavilion way. And it felt like we were playing, like, a like a ballroom. Yeah. You know, because it was all closed off and everything. Right. So it was like everybody was inside, but we were outside. But, you know. Yep. It was, uh, it worked out good. And every single year is just another improvement, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to keep that going. Well, there's one guy who I guess we're not going to be able to book. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll grow my hair back out and I'll do an impression. It's him. It's definitely him. <laughs> What's the fucking song? Lonely woman behind a counter in a small town or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. What, wait, wait, wait. What did I miss? Who are you talking about? Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Oh. Yeah. Because he okay. said, fuck yeah, yeah, this yeah, place yeah. and fuck right, the stone right. jug. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, I don't know who your tour guide is, pal, but <laughs> he didn't fucking bring it, you know. If he would have just said, look, what's your personal number? I'll FaceTime you right now. I would have been like, yeah. I would have been there until 7 in the morning with Eddie Vedder. Oh, dude, <laughs> and he'd have a fucking great story. He'd be what? on the fucking show. you call me, and I'd be down there with the fucking microphones ready right. to go. Well, let me... Pick up your phone, man. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me suggest that you uh, get some contact information and send an email and invite him back and apologize for... Not uh, understanding. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I guess we're the shot. He's... Yeah, you never know. The guy might just show up. Well, I'll just try and bug him. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> and see if he tells me to fuck off. Well, no. That'd be so funny. You put the schedule out. It's like Moondog, the Tower Band, Skeleton Crew, Pearl Jam, Friendly Foes. People are like, wait, what? The, like a Pearl Jam cover band? You're like, no. <laughs> no. No, yeah, that's Pearl Jam. Somebody like that, you don't advertise it, and it doesn't matter. But, but it's not always about money for those people. It's, it's more about just doing what they want to do, you know? Yep. Because they make enough money. Right. Well, yeah. they want money, though. They want some. There's got to well, be something. Their fucking management. A would free want bottle money. of wine for Christ's sakes, and a, a stay overnight upstairs. You know. What I think fuck? I have read Pearl Jam's rider, and like his his like for him, he's just like twenty dollar bottle of wine, like <laughs> whatever it is. Like he doesn't want anything crazy fancy. He's always on stage with a bottle of wine and a notebook. Yeah. You know the whole rock and roll poet thing. I, I've had two in my lifetime do tons of backstage catering through Aramark Corporation. And people get the the riders. Yes, can get fucking crazy. Yes, and a lot of them get crazy, but a lot of them don't. Uh, uh, Frank Sinatra, all he wanted for his you went to Frank Sinatra show. Well, I did the backstage catering for it. I saw the whole thing, but but uh, this was I think it was the second from last show too. Was at the Niagara Falls Convention Center, and uh, all he wanted for his dressing room was. A little gabagool. A full-size <laughs> hotel pan of uh, white rice, plain. What? A case of uh, plain M&Ms and a case of peanut M&Ms and a full liquor bar, and that was it. And he never touched the bar. Really? Yeah. And he never touched the rice. The M&Ms he took on stage and threw out by the package. <laughs> really? <to> the <laughs> Some weird fucking parade float? Throwing candy out right, to the kids? right. That is very interesting that, uh, I mean, I remember like some festival I was working and the guys throwing it were showing me the riders of the bigger bands that were coming through and a lot of it was dried fruit. It was fucking socks and t-shirts. It was like normal necessities of like shit you bring on a road trip. Right. Non-perishables, cans of fucking beans or something. Like, yeah. You're just going oh, grocery yeah. shopping for them because oh, yeah. right. they can't. Well, you know? a lot of it was for the crew. Yeah. yeah, socks and underwear and shit like that. And it's like, you need all this to do a 45-minute set? <laughs> well, Cher, Cher came in. <coughs> oh, she was probably really easy oh, going. No, she was a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> she came in. She had a, a, a rider that had a bunch. I don't remember exactly what was in her dressing room, but it was all a lot of nice exotic stuff. And at the last minute, she, you know, at 8 o'clock at night in Niagara Falls, New York, she wanted some buffalo mozzarella. Well, it wasn't common back then <coughs> for that to be out in the grocery stores. Sure. All right. Because it wasn't a, a fashionable thing quite at that point. Yeah. You know. So the nearest we could find was in Buffalo. And 
it would have been 10 o'clock before we could get it. And she got all pissed off because we couldn't give her buffalo mozzarella. But I remember that How about a chicken wing? I remember that bitch. She came in. (laughs) She's in a a T-shirt with glitter all over it and cut-up jeans. And her face was covered with white fucking paste with red outlines. And she looked like a goddamn uh, clown. (laughs) Like her, like before, like her mask before going on right, stage type right. of thing, or fucking oh, facial. I gotta say, her show was incredible, though. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> that's just bad, funny. That yeah, bitch. That bitch. <laughs> There's that's the diva thing is you know yeah. I want white linen everywhere. Well, and, yeah, but yeah. At, the, at the last minute, you know what I mean? It's not even yeah. on the writer. Right. I uh, was working in a studio, and uh, the dude was telling me that like, Little Wayne came through town. Uh-oh. And he was doing Daniel's a show. gonna be jealous. Yeah, Lil Wayne came through town, and those guys always like they'll just book a studio at you know three in the morning, and like pretty much that's where the after party's at. And he'll go and just like spit. They'll just drop beats, and he'll just spit verses, and like that's how they make a fucking album. It's pretty fucking laid back. Yeah. But Lil Wayne came in, and he wanted now and later's or some specific candy. Yeah. And uh, he had, like, bodyguards with him. And the dude telling me is the guy who works at a... He went to school for audio engineering. He's a white indie rock, you know, dork guy. It was fucking, like, listen to the mastering on this. And there's all these big thug gangsters who are like, these now and laters. And he's like, dude, now and laters is like a hood candy. Like, you can't... Like, you gotta go into the hood to get them. Yeah. He's like, so it's like this dude named, like, you know, Derek <laughs> or something. <laughs> and two big dudes strapped up to the fucking sure. nines. Going into the hood at four in the morning looking for now and laters for Lil Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> this guy was like, what the fuck, dude? Got I just him. wanted to fucking mix. <laughs> I just wanted to mix. I don't work, work in a studio. Now I'm like on some crazy gangster mission for candy. Because he just like wouldn't. He's like, I'm not spitting any verses until I get my now and laters. Yeah. Not laters, nows. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. But like, I don't know, dude. Them fucking stories. Yeah. Those little glimpses of where you see like how weird those motherfuckers can get when you get that goddamn famous. Yep. And you have the world at your finger. We'd all go nuts. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have to add that when uh, working backstage, we always had two runners that were for the bigger shows. We always had at least two runners. The gophers. Right. That would run for things like that. You know and. Um, Often we were able to get what, what anybody wanted, and a lot of times it was socks and underwear, like you said. Yeah, you know, that's funny. Last minute stuff for the crew. Yep. You fucking wear through them. We were watching the crew set up a couple weeks ago with this festival, and we we're just like, "Damn, dude! Like that is a fucking brutal job. It's a cool job. You could travel a lot. Yeah, but you know, traveling is a giant fucking pain in the ass. For sure." When you're not doing the cool part of it. <laughs> when, yeah, these guys worked hard. They do they work hard? Because you're like, part of it is like a moving crew. You're moving giant cases of equipment everywhere. Well, usually Every- the stagehands got that. But- yeah, but I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like, you're a moving crew and you're sort of an electrician. And you're a and you're an engineer because you mix it all right and you have everything set up and you got to deal with everybody and it just is a fucking you know it's a special type of motherfucker to handle that shit. Yeah, big rock group would have a guitar tech. Yeah, they'd have a a lighting guy, they'd have a sound guy, and they'd have a uh, a um, what you call it. the backdrops, what the fuck, the props and a uh, prop guy. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, and, uh, and an electrician. And, yeah. And that, that would be their crew. And then the, the stagehands would hustle everything off. Always way too many stagehands. And we got paid well, and we were always way ahead of schedule. That's good. Because there were so many of us. You know, they, they'd over-order stagehands. Yeah. I guess better safe than sorry. Right. Well... Typically, we'd get paid for the end. We'd get pay, paid a four-hour call, which is four hours to get the stuff off the trucks, set up, and in place. Four hours, huh? All right. And same thing for the out. But usually, the end would be done in two and a half, three hours, and the out would be done in two hours. Mm-hmm. And we'd get paid for the call, you know. That's pretty sweet, And then sweet, if we yeah. worked the show, we got paid for the show, too. For whatever we were doing, I I, I worked as a uh, a uh, uh, 
spotlight guy a few times. And uh, I worked for the sound crew a few times. Just uh, Spotlight guy had to be fun. Who were you doing spotlight for? Uh, let's see. At our park, uh, I'm trying to think. It was a great show, too. Oh, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, association, word association. I'm Who trying to he? think. He, he, he was, uh, classic rock? Oh, uh, school's out for summer. Uh, Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper and, uh, Rob, Rob Zombie. Zombie. Oh, you worked that one. Yeah, wow. I worked yeah, that nice. one. Uh, a light for that one. I worked several shows at the convention center in Niagara Falls for a spotlight. And a, a very simple job, really. Yeah, I went to the, uh, in my sabbatical, I've actually been able to go to comedy shows. Dude, in the last three years, I haven't been able to go to any. I've missed so many good comedy shows. But I've gone to all of them. And one of them was at the Bears Den. It was Robert Kelly and Friends. It was Bobby Kelly, Rich Voss, Louis J. Gomez, and then my buddy Joe Russell, who's been a guest on the Thurman and Lala podcast, was opening up for him because he does like video work for Bobby. So it was oh, fucking nice. great, dude. And uh, Louis from Legion of Skanks is like, is a fucking beast. I mean, there's, you know, there's just three living New York legends all on the same bill. Yeah. But he had a spotlight guy, and he's like, Are you fucking kidding me? You guys got a spotlight for this show? And he's like, I guarantee that guy's getting paid more than me. Yeah. And the spotlight was hitting his watch. So he just started, like, reflecting it, like, on this chick's cleavage. <laughs> and he's like, bitch, get your titties out. Hold your titties. Hold still. <laughs> it's fucking great, dude. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. We saw that. If any other comedy fans, the Are You Garbage show was great. Are You Garbage is a great podcast. And all the guys who work on it are super funny. And they did a show at Helium. And I saw our, a couple of our buddies there, one of them being Boner. Yep. Not Citrus Boner, the other Boner. Yeah. And he, uh, one, in classic Boner fashion, put a drink on the stage for the comedian. <laughs> the comedian's like, I think I'm going to have the big man backstage test this one out before I fucking dive into this. <laughs> He's like, I don't know where this came from. It's like, damn, dude. Classic Boner. All, like, that's his fucking always. Who, what does he need? You know, yeah. Take care of the artist. Oh, yeah. Fucking great guy. He is a great but guy. But that was an incredible show. Uh, Nick Mullen and then Mike Racine came. It was fucking great. And fucking Louis C.K. the other weekend. Yeah. It was fucking bang, 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 dude. Fucking a good good couple months for comedy yeah. in, in Buffalo. Right. And all they do is shit on Buffalo. It's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Um. Yeah, man. So Jug is ripping and roaring this summer, people. Yeah. I'm ripping and roaring all well, over the place. Cu culturally, as far as the music scene goes, Western New York is exceptional because... Yeah. We get so much Canadian music that the rest of the country doesn't get. A good example is a tragically hip. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. we did. I did several shows with them, and talking to the crew there, they're telling me that the only place they were ever popular was in L.A. and this area. You know, they they just never took off anyplace else. Yeah, which I thought was amazing. My uh, one buddy moved out to L.A., and he's working at a studio. He's in the scene, and it became mutual friends with somebody who was also friends with a fella named Dave Grohl. Okay. Uh, and he was chatting with Dave Grohl one day and said something about the Tragically Hip, and Dave Grohl was like, damn, you are from Buffalo. <laughs> he's like, I bring them up. Nobody fucking knows who they are. Right. <laughs> like, but when you find where they, people know who they are, it's religious. They're fucking beloved. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, he did tell me they did a, a few shows in Chicago, and that kind of took. But yeah. Other than that, no place else in the country did they were they popular. It's great. No. It's not like... It's just the two extremes of like being like literally pro like Gord's face is going to be on like a $5 bill. Yeah. And you know, like they're so religiously beloved in Canada and then like they're just like, you know, they go somewhere where the people don't know them and they're like, oh, what is this band? I've never heard of this. Yeah, like Indianapolis. It's so, ex <laughs> the two extremes are crazy. We well, saw them at a festival in Minnesota, which is, you know, up north. So I guess there's, you know, close to Canada, but it was like. We, you know, we were young kids and drove halfway across the country or felt very far from home. Sure. 
And we saw the hip there, so it was like we saw our buddies band. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, the way right. out there, you know what I mean? And there was people, there was a chick, I'll never forget her, some hippie chick, and overall standing on a hay bale singing every fucking lyric to every song. Nice. I was like, hell yeah. Somebody here knows them. Somebody a lot knows of the them. hippies of Midwest, Indiana, you know, fish kids had no idea who they were. No clue, I'm they're sure. Like, they did like a late night set. We're like, dude, go see them. They're fucking awesome. Yeah. And now they're past tense, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah that's a bummer. It's it one of those you forget about those. Tom Petty's one that like you forget about, and you're like, oh god, yeah, forgot about that. That just seems weird. Yeah, it does. Know. Well, because there's you know Prince and him, like they're not gonna go away. They're timeless. No, they are fucking absolutely timeless. You can't get rid of them. You nope. might not be physically here anymore, but it'll never go away. Right. Speaking of the hip, shout out to the dude from No Vacancy who's like they played a hip song. And I remember Mike Harris being like, he sounds just like fucking Gordon. Dude, he did. He, he sounded incredible. just like him. Yeah, they fucking knocked out of the park on those They ones. did. They were really good. They really fucking killed it. They, they set did. it up. They was good combo there. Uh, they set it up nice because they played the songs dead on. Like, they're fucking yeah. super tight. Yep. And then we opened with like a 12 minute sand that just yeah. goes off in a space immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, that's a good, like, here's songs for everybody. Okay, now that everyone's all fucked up, let's get weird. Yeah, you know, exactly. The weird little kid with the purple hairs on the drums now, and that dude with all the chains around his fucking neck is, you know what I mean? Like, then we got weird. It was a very good combination. Um, anything else we want to tell the people? I, I know one thing I'd like. I'd like to hear Sean Thurman. Playing with a band where there's more background vocals. Yeah, I would like that too. <laughs> we, yeah, we gotta pay him. <laughs> well, here, let's just fuck it up. We got enough, Ty, but aren't your people supposed to be coming? Yeah. Yeah. What else? All right, what's the newest coming up things, coming attractions at the Jug? Well, we've got the Sermon Brothers Friday night. And then nothing Saturday. Um, well, we've got Summer 69 tomorrow night, but this won't be out yet. So, Yeah, we'll get this out in a few days. But go um, to Stone Jug. What's the website? Stone Jug 18... uh, 1842.com. But if you check out the Ontario House on Instagram, you'll get the, that's, that's where you'll get your best information. Get the schedule and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So check us out on Instagram. Uh, we just hit 1,000 followers, which that's was pretty cool. cool. You yeah. Know? Uh, shout out to Amy for getting us there. Yeah. Appreciate it. Moving up in the world. Uh, it needs a woman's touch. It did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we. Uh, if you go on to uh, the Ontario House uh, on Instagram, then uh, you'll uh, you'll be able to get all the information you need for the rest of the summer and uh, and the fall. Yeah, we're come out to some shows, people. Jug show, the jug is becoming quite the thing. Get in on the ground level. That's right. All right. Mike, thank you very much for regaling yeah, us with Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. Tales. Appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. Cool. Uh, fuck you, Cher. Sorry, Eddie Vedder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and the Queen's a whore. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I can tell you that for a fact. I was just there. It's good to be yeah. back. There's going to be plenty more to come. Yes, we will keep this. We'll get this show uh, rolling right along. Yeah. If you know, Give us some feedback. What do you people want us to talk about? Yeah. What else do you want to hear? Shout out Danny Portelli. Danny's been calling me trying to figure out how the hell to get on the show. So, uh, um, yeah, listen to this one and uh, give me some feedback, buddy. All right, everybody. Uh, Captain's Jug of Thoughts. Until next time, see you later. See ya. Bye. -bye.